in a place known to be the land of saints and scholars, home to Saints Patrick, Bridget, and Columba. There are those that have lived lives of heroic virtue, yet are forgotten by time. These are the stories of Ireland's forgotten treasures, told by Father Gabriel Burke. Hi everybody and welcome back to Hidden Treasures. Father Gabriel Burke here, who works in Blarney Parish in Cork in Ireland. Today we're going to look at Margaret Aylward, who was the founder of the Sisters of the Holy Faith. Margaret was born in the 23rd of November in 1810 in Thumb Street in Waterford. She came from a, a wealthy merchant family. She was educated by the Ursulines in Tipperary. They had been the second house of the Ursulines that were founded in Cork by Nano Nagel. She worked a lot of charitable causes in Waterford, and she did for a while think of a vocation to the religious life. So she she joined um, the Irish Sisters of Charities in 1834, but she left in 1836 and went back to doing her wonderful work in Waterford. Then she decided, well, maybe since she was educated by the Ursulines, maybe that's where her call was, and she joined the Ursulines. But again, she left after a couple of months. By 1851, she had worked, or she had moved to Dublin, where she was very important in re-energizing the Ladies' Association of St. Vincent de Paul. Normally nowadays, when we think of the poor and we think of St. Vincent de Paul, here in Ireland anyway, we think of the Society of St. Vincent de Paul. But that was founded later by Frederick Ozenon. Vincent de Paul himself had founded a confraternity of charity that was for ladies. And they had been working around the world since the time of St. Vincent de Paul. There had been one in Ireland, but it was beginning to fizzle out by the time of um, Margaret. And so she helped to re-energize it and bring it back to life. In 1848, you had the Great Famine in Ireland, but you had a series of famines before that, but that's the biggest one. And you had a few smaller ones behind that. And what had happened then was that you had many, many people moving to Dublin. And so Dublin became a great slum. There were so many poor people. And you see all those fine Georgian buildings in Dublin nowadays. But those buildings might have had 10 rooms in them. But you had a family in each room and maybe up to 14 people in a room. And at the beginning of the 20th century, Dublin was known in Europe as the Calcutta of Europe. It had so much poverty. So in the middle of all that poverty, there you have Margaret Aylward. Now, one of the problems we've had in the famine, and even before the famine and after, is you had a lot of evangelicals coming to Ireland and setting up soup kitchens and schools and things like that. But on the condition that you become Protestant. And they were known as superism because they'd give the bowl of soup for you to change your religion. 
Now, some of the Irish people were quite cute and they would tell their children, look, tell them you're Protestant and tell them you read your Bible last night and they send them to school. But they would keep them Catholic. But there was a fear that many of the Catholic children, having gone through all the persecution of the faith, would now be taken into Protestantism. One example is that is the famous charity, Dr. Bernardo's. Dr. Bernardo's took 250,000 children from the British Isles, England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, and sent them around the British Empire. So that around the British Empire, you would have good white Protestant children for good white Protestant families. And you would create a class within the British Empire of good white Protestants. And so many of those children were taken from Ireland, from homes and then and sent around. And it's in that mixture of great poverty, of evangelical proselytism, that Margaret tried to work with her lady's charitable institution. They had opened up an orphanage in the heart of Dublin in 1856 called St. Bridget. And it was to rescue Catholic children from Protestant agencies. The big, I suppose, the biggest Protestant group that the ladies had to deal with was the Irish church missions and the schools that were founded by them. And what the ladies used to do was hand the children who were going to these schools little crucifixes so that they would remember their Catholic faith. Then the women who had opened up the orphanage decided that they would um, concentrate on the orphanage and the work. And so they set up the Daughters of St. Bridget, just a loose association of women. And at that stage, Margaret Aylward, having twice um, tried a vocation, decided she didn't have a vocation, but that they would work together in this community and live and be united as if they had religious vows. However, as we've seen, there were lots of religious orders by this stage in Ireland. You had the Sisters of Charity, you had the Loretto Order, you had the Presentation, but you had a new Archbishop in Dublin, and his name was Archbishop Cullen. And Cullen, like St. Oliver Plunkett, had been the rector of the Propaganda and then the rector of the Irish College in Rome. And then he was first made Archbishop of Armagh. And then from Armagh, he was transferred to Dublin. And he became the first Irish Cardinal. And Cardinal Cullen was a very Roman bishop. He liked to do things the Roman way. And so he created his own seminary and called it Holy Cross College. And it was very much a Roman way. So Cardinal Cullen then had known these women and he decided to persuade them that they should set up a religious order. Always the thinking was, how do we save this for the future? 
And when you have an organization that's just loosely come together, well, maybe it might loosely depart and you'd be left with this orphanage and nobody to run it. So he asked Margaret to form an order and she resisted it until 1857. And then in 1857, the Sisters of the Holy Faith were established and they got their approval from Rome in 1869. But Margaret Aylward has a checkered history. She's actually probably one of the few nuns we know that spent time in prison. And what had happened was the court, courts had ordered her to produce this child, a Mary Matthews. Now, Mary Matthews' parents had delivered her to Margaret, and she was being brought up as a Catholic. But her mother returned to Ireland and asked for her child to be given back to her. She had been in the Bahamas, believe it or not, and had emigrated to the Bahamas. So Margaret Aylward had fostered the child out, and she had told the um, foster mother that the child would be missing. Now, in the end, the child was to stay with Margaret Aylward by a court order. But still, Margaret, because she had not done what the court had said, she was now in contempt of court. And she spent six months in prison. I think at that time, the women's prison was Kilmainham Jane. I'm not 100%. But that was the great method of the Holy Sisters and Margaret Aylward. The orphanage was there, but it was only a place where the child would spend only a little time because Margaret would find them a foster family. And so all the children that came into the orphanage were fostered. And Margaret would then visit the foster families to ensure that the child was being brought up correctly. And if the child if the child looked anyway malnourished or if the child looked anyway as if it had been physically abused or anything like that, straight away Margaret Aylward would take them out of that home and bring them back to the orphanage and find another family. So it was a very um, progressive, I suppose we'd call it, Rather than having this big orphanage with children in it for years, Margaret ensured that they had families and they were brought up by families. The Holy Faith also had schools, and they had um, at least one school in the heart of Dublin, again for the very poor. Margaret herself died in 11th of October in 1889. And even though she had been a professed nun, she still continued to wear her own clothes until she died. Margaret referred to the poor as the elect of God. And she always argued that God saw the poor as special because of their difficult circumstances. And the Holy Faith again deal, dealt with the poorest of the poor when it came to the city. They had no dealings whatsoever with the wealthier classes, 
except, of course, take their money. Their main stay in Dublin was always St. Bridget's Orphanage and a number of schools that they had. But again, we see a wealthy woman choosing a poor life. And in this life, it took her a while to figure out what her vocation was. She had tried the Ursulines. She had tried the Sisters of Charity. She failed. Anybody else would have said, okay, we've tried. That's it. But with the help of Cardinal Cullen and with the help of her spiritual directors, she realized that she had a call, not to follow others, but to be the leader herself and to create a new way of life within the church. A new sisters, a new way of looking after orphans, and a new way of teaching. So you see, you never know where God can lead us. We can think at times because we have tried one or two ways that we've failed, but God always opens doors to us. God always asks us to follow him. Sometimes we rely too much on ourselves, but if we listen to those around us, there we'll hear the voice of God. And like Margaret, create a new way in the church. And may Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The preceding program was a Spirit of Truth Radio Arts original production in partnership with Salt and Light Catholic Radio. To find out more about Spirit of Truth Radio Arts, go to their website at www.castingthe.net.